0: welcome to Own the microphone join me bridget mcgowan an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company VMAC talks press i am doing something a little different with the podcast i am bringing you a special 12-part series and in the series I sit down with three presentation and communication experts to tackle some of the biggest presentation questions we receive from our audiences. The experts are global communications expert, Monique Russell, Robert Honorado, who's a director of education and a professional speaker. And then there's Diana Howells, an award-winning speaker, best-selling author and global virtual trainer. You can check out their bios at the end of each show. But for now, tune in and take notes. This is going to be a good one. Welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I am Bridget McGowan. I have with me the one, the only, Monique Russell. And the question we are tackling today is how do I get rid of the nerves or how do I avoid being nervous before I speak? Now, I have a very specific routine, not right before I speak, but in the days and hours leading up to my speaking engagement where it's just a non-negotiable for me. My best friend, Simone, knows this, Monique. She knows that I am not at peace with my presentation until I have practiced the fire out of it. And I don't care if I've done the presentation a billion times before. I have to get in my practice. Oh, Bridget, you'll be great. Simone, I will be great only once I've practiced. You cannot tell me that. So I am a firm believer that the nerves show up before presentation, oftentimes because people have not practiced the right way. We'll talk more about the quote unquote right way later. So, Monique, what's your experience with nerves? How do you deal with them before presentation? Mm -hmm. So my thoughts are this. So I think there's two aspects. One like what is driving the nervous energy um are you feeling nervous because you are not comfortable with your material um or are you nervous because it's just the natural human body emotion for me if i don't have that little twinge right before I'm like, okay, what's what's going on? Maybe ego is kicking in because it's like you know <laughs> you you think you showing up and you got it in the bag like that no like if I don't if I don't feel that little twinge of excitement, the flutter right before, which I think is is just natural and normal for human beings, um that's my indication that you know, I'm ready to go on. Like the show is about to get started. The lights are about to flicker. The curtain's about to open and we're about to move forward. It doesn't matter if it's on a podcast, if it's on a virtual presentation, if it's in person. So, you know, in person routine, I definitely will go in. I'll walk the room. I'll see how things you know, feel inside the room where I'm going to present, walk to the front, walk to the back, walk on stage, even, you know, deliver something, not my presentation, but something in that space, because your body is absorbing the energy and it gives you that sense of familiarity. So it doesn't feel completely new or off. Um, And then I also have my playlist. I have a playlist of songs that I play right before I go for a speech because I want my opening energy to be very very high and I don't mean high like head no I just want that energy inside me to feel energetic and excited because people can sense it through the screen they can sense it when you're going on stage so for me I have my routine of course I write out I literally write out what I'm going to say. And I know some people, they say, don't, don't, you know, don't do it, do bullets. But I literally write out word for word. Now, I don't read it or anything, but I just write it out. And writing it out helps me to clarify how I want to describe the concept or teach the concept or what analogy I want to use to help them get the point. So I do those things. Um, and, and to your point, I will record, I will practice. Sometimes I just, if I'm, if I'm driving and I haven't said it out loud yet, I will record it on my phone when I'm driving and I'll just play it back. So something you just said, Monique, if I haven't said it out loud, I, I you know, I'll record it while I'm driving, so on and so forth, but that the, the operative phrase, if Is if I haven't said it out loud, I am here to tell everyone that is one of the main reasons the nerves show up and it's listen, I have 5 million ideas going through my head right now, like Monique said nerves are a good thing. Because that's your body telling you that it's showtime and you're excited and you're ready and you're pumped and you're amped and you're concerned about wanting to give your audience a good experience. So having the nerves is a good thing because I believe if you don't have some kind of nerves stirring inside of you, then you're just phoning it in you're just winging it and that's not fair to your audience but those nerves bubbling up inside of you that's letting you know that this is important to you and that you want to do a great job now some of when nerves become a problem is when it just incapacitates you where you you can't even walk out onto the stage because your knees are so weak or they're knocking so hard or you can't even make an appearance because your stomach is turned inside out. Now that is a problem. That's the nerves going too far and something else is going on. Now, back to the point about you haven't heard the words. A lot of the nerves can be calmed down to an extent and just the good nerves show up if you've heard the words. That's why the way I practice is so, I mean, I've been doing this since 2001. It's so much a part of how I show up on a stage and so much part of what I do before I show up on a stage. I must practice not in front of a mock audience, not in front of family or friends, not in front of coworkers or anything like that, because they're just going to give you sugar-coated, that sounds nice feedback. And even if you're horrible, they're going to, let's just keep it real. Even if you're horrible, yes. they'll just, you know, to cheer you on. That was great. And right. And they'll give you this misguided feedback. That's, you know, anything but accurate. And then the other part of it is they don't necessarily know. They don't have the expertise or the, the confidence to tell you it was horrible. And then they don't have the expertise to tell you how to fix it. Right. So we're back to square one of, you know, don't practice in front of friends who are not presentation skills or skills or communication skills experts. What I want you to do is practice alone. This is what I do. Practice alone and pretend your audience is right there with you. And you're doing the hand gestures, you're stopping for the questions, you're nodding in agreement, you're chuckling at a funny moment or whatever. You are doing a dress rehearsal of your presentation. And see, the words when they when you do hear them and you've heard them time and time again before the performance when you get out there because you've heard the words before it's a confidence booster think about somebody getting ready to propose to a girlfriend or boyfriend whatever because i know we live in different times now and before getting down on one knee he is going to practice and say it over and over again, you know, how am I going to say it? How am I going to stand? At what knee am I going to lean on? You know, and and just over and over again until finally when it's time, it's not so scary. Kind of the same concept here. Once you have heard it, heard the words you're going to say, it's so much easier. And I have more to say about what you do before presentation, but I'm going to stop. Yes. Oh my God. I am laughing because when you gave that analogy, it just made me think of me and my husband who we've been together well over 20 years. And I remember, you know, he was so nervous super, super nervous. Um, and he didn't practice and that's why he couldn't get the words out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he said something y'all married now. (laughs) It it was non-verbal communication. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) But to your point, yes, we, men, you don't practice, you get all nervous and it doesn't come out. But also another good thing about saying it out loud is because, um, when people are like, when it, when the nerves is really taking over, they're getting into their head too much. Um, And it's like, you're putting your focus on you. How do I look? Does my nose look sharp? Does my, is my skin too dry? You're putting too much focus on you in terms of how you look. A lot of times in the groups that I'm teaching, there's two things. People want to be seen, they struggle to be seen with the public speaking, but then when they get seen, the next thing is, how do I get comfortable being seen? So mm-hmm. it's like you have the technique, you have the strategy, you have all the coaching and support, but then now you put it out there. And now I feel like, oh, everybody's looking at me, everybody's judging me. So when you say it out loud, or you hear yourself, or you record in the mirror, you're actually getting more self-acceptance because a lot of people do not listen to their own voice. When they hear their own voice, they're like, oh, I, don't want to hear, I sound so horrible. But that's part of self-acceptance and self-confidence. When you are looking at yourself delivering in the mirror, so many people can't stand five minutes in the mirror looking at themselves before they start saying, look at this. I look so fat. I look so this, look, look at, th-, you know, all of that stuff. So when you Say it out loud. You're hearing your own voice and you're getting comfortable hearing your own voice. You're getting comfortable seeing yourself deliver your little antics, your little mannerisms, you know, whatever you do. Um, And so that is also like that inner um, confidence building, emotional intelligence building while you are delivering your presentation on stage, too. I'm glad you bring that up because we do do that. We cringe at the sound of our own voices. We critique ourselves like mad. But what I want listeners to know is the person that your friends know and family know and the body language that they see you give off and the way you use certain phrases. And so on. like all of the things that are just naturally and authentically you that's what make people, that's what makes people really like you. And so I want you to be cool and comfortable and accepting of who you are, You you know, fall in love with your crow's feet, love that mole on the side of your nose or whatever, because all of how you ordinarily and just naturally show up without trying to pose a certain way or sound a certain way, but just who you are, that's, what people really like and want to see they've already accepted you they already like that so the sooner you start accepting it and liking it you are going to skyrocket and something else that i want to throw out there in terms of the nerves monique was saying she writes out what she's going to say i do too and what i'll do is when i'm practicing i'll you know i'll have my notes in my PowerPoint slides or whatever and I'll stop and I'm like no 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 that doesn't sound right and I'll I'll change it around I'll type it differently or I'll write it out differently and then I'll try it again it's like no no right so we don't say it word for word as we have it written out in a script but for me I you know I'll have this great idea so I've got to get it down But like Monique, I tend to have a script as well. But no, we're not standing on a stage reading the script. For me, it's for rehearsal purposes. And yeah, it's nice if I'm on stage and I happen to lose my train of thought. I can glance and maybe see my notes and remember. But here's something else. Audiences love you. They don't want to see you make a mistake. They they don't want you to trip up. You can easily say, oh my goodness, I was so in the moment until I forgot where I was going or I forgot what was the last thing I said. Can somebody help me out? What was the last thing I said? Yes. You know, audiences will do that for you. So back to the script, writing a script may not be your jam. Maybe bullets are your jam. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Listening to music before your presentation or having a certain playlist may not be your thing. It's not mine. It is Monique's. Figure out what works for you that will keep those nerves at bay or at least the nerves that get in the way of you showing up and showing out. Totally. Well said. Standing ovation. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Something else when it comes to nerves, I want you to start visiting if you're not already doing this start visiting the place where you're going to present at least two hours before the actual presentation if you can if you can visit it at least a day before that's even better Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're going to be presenting online I've talked about this before set up a tech check session that needs to take place no later than no later than I'm going to say about seven calendar days before the actual presentation, because you want to iron out any kinks that could possibly come up with the presentation in the online environment. And kinks still can come up. I mean, I have my own stories of kinks still making an appearance, but have that tech check check session in the platform you're going to be presenting at least a week before. But then when it comes to in-person presentations, visit that room at least two hours before your presentation. 24 hours is even better. Here's why. You visited uh, you've stayed in a hotel room. And when you first get there, what are you doing? What you're finding looking for the light switch. Okay, especially if it's dark. Okay. Now where's the closet? Where's the coffee maker? Where's the TV remote, right? You're you're trying to find everything. Okay. You got your bearings. Now Monique, let's say the next day you leave out of your hotel room, go attend a conference, go get some you know, breakfast, whatever, and you come back to your room. Is it the same routine? How is it when you re enter your room the second time? Right. I'm not looking for that because I'm already familiar. I, I don't need to know where the light switch is. I already know where it is. My things are already set down. I can just move right on in and jump into bed and go to sleep. <laughs> That's the concept here with visiting the presentation room. At least two hours before, if not the day before. Because the first time you get there, okay, where's the stage? Where's the podium? Where's the technology set up? Okay, where, you know, how's the audience going to be seated? That's one less thing for you to have to worry about. So when you go to that room the second time and you're ready to present, you know where the podium is. And be careful about this. You'll want to ask, let's say you visit the room the day before, you'll want to ask your t- contact, is this how the room will be set up? for my presentation tomorrow, because you've got it in your mind that this is where the stage is, and this is where the sound setup is in the back and everything. And if they do a flip-a-roo, a roo a switch a on you, and you show up the next day, ah, so ask if that's going to be the same setup for your presentation. But like Monique just said, when you go a second time, it's comfortable, it's familiar. And again, it's just one less thing for you to stress about. And that's what you want to do is take as much stress off of your plate. Any little details that you can handle and address beforehand, you want to do that. And don't do anything out of your routine, if you will, before a presentation. Don't try some new face cream. Okay. agreed, agreed, (laughs) agreed. Or if you don't normally eat before your presentation and you go and you eat this big old meal. Yeah, no, stick to the routine. There is comfort in the routine, safety in the routine. Yes, the routine is your friend. If you don't normally work out, don't decide to start this physical activity routine on the road. Because the hotel has this fabulous gym oh that you the sound clerk like you have a at story. the front desk was raving about. Okay. <laughs> okay, and then your shoelaces get caught in the treadmill, and <laughs> sneeze, skinned up. No, this did not happen to me. I know I'm making it sound like it did. It could happen to me. Because <laughs> that's just how close am is. Don't try a new food, right? Since we're talking about food, don't try uh you know you go out to dinner maybe with some other speaker friends or event friends the night before if you've never had sushi in your life or yeah. whatever now's not the night to try it you just don't want to put yourself in a position where something crazy can happen because you have enough to focus on with showing up and giving your audience your best yes and 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 the thing about it is too know that anything could happen any 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 anything like you can you can feel start to feel nervous because the time maybe you've a lot been allotted an hour and something goes wrong before, and you now have 30 minutes. So just the fact that you only have a little bit limited amount of time, that in itself can create nervous energy for you. Or you may have someone who presents right before you and they cover everything that you were going to talk about. And you feel, well, what am I gonna say? You know, like anything that could happen may happen. And so you just don't wanna add any extra. Things that are within your control. There's things within your control, things outside of your control, and things that are within your control. Just keep them to a minimum. Stick to your routine, and the ones that are out of your control. Um, you know, the audio not working, your your clip not showing, all of that stuff. You know, just uh, be prepared to respond to each one of those as they come up. And don't take yourself too seriously. Like Bridget said, you know, laugh at yourself, get the audience engaged. You know, if somebody's cell phone is going off, you could say, oh, okay. Is that, that's for me. They're calling me or, (laughs) right. (laughs) You (laughs) You know, you just pull the distraction into your conversation or your topic so that it doesn't seem or feel like you're thrown off. Exactly. Exactly. You know, people will remember what gets your attention, And if you are carrying on and on and on about this not working or that failed or that flopped or and you're sweating over this video, not playing this video clip, not playing, people are going to remember that before they'll remember your message and try to just keep calm and keep cool about it. I had a friend who attended a session and the speaker, something, there was something about the speaker's slides and the speaker just kept on harping on, there was something with, I don't know if it was, I don't know. It was something with her slides. And that's all you could remember was every few seconds She was bringing up some, you know, just referring back to, oh, how disappointed she was, or oh, how annoyed she was at whatever the issue was. And so the content and the meat of the presentation was lost on her nervousness and anxiety around these slides. And, you know, I love a good slide deck, but don't be so married to your slide deck Mm -hmm. until it. If there is a problem, it just takes over you, and you're consumed with it, and you're all nerved up about it, and that's all the audience remembers you talking about yeah. is whatever the issue was. Yeah, just roll with it. I think yes. we, yeah, we've kind of morphed into set the tone talking about. Yes, you set the tone, uh, and you know we've morphed into talking about nerves to tech fails, but tech fails are part of anything happening. So you kind of have to be that calm, cool, collected person because the audience is going to take its cue from you. If, if you're calm, if you're confident, if you are ready to give a message, no matter what happens with technology, then the audience is going to be calm, confident, and ready to hear your message. But if you're just flustered and all over the place and talking about how nervous you are, nobody wants to hear all of that. I know, I know. And don't cheat them and say, you know, oh, well, I had this great thing for us planned, but since we don't have time, don't do that. Because now they feel like you've cheated them, that they've missed out on something, you know, so yeah, do not, do not create FOMO, don't create the fear of missing out. And this makes me think about something else people will do. They'll say something like, if we had more time, then I'd go over X, Y, Z. That's creating FOMO too. That's not fair. They won't know that you didn't go over it if you don't say you didn't get a chance to go over it. Start on time, end on time, give the people what they came to get. Make sure that you are preparing that you're visiting the room well before time that you if you have a certain routine stick to it don't deviate from it don't try anything new uh yeah and you've got this it you, you you've got this you got this you got yeah. this you do what else we got Monique yeah i just think that's that's awesome not setting them up to feel like they're missing out not you know saying oh this is that this happened or you know we're in a pandemic. Okay, we we are not in the thick of it anymore. So no more excuses. You know, use the phrasing to say, okay, this happened. Well, guess what? You're in luck. You get to, <laughs> you get to pay full attention. You know, you get to sharpen your 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 audio senses, and we're gonna remove the visual just for a moment, or we get to be creative. You know, so just turn it around in a way that reassures. Why they should listen to you reassures their confidence in your ability to deliver them good information. Reassure them of why they should listen to you. That's your huge takeaway there. No matter what's going on, I don't care if you're sweating buckets, it doesn't matter. Reassure them that this is going to be time well spent and that they made the right choice coming to see you. Monique, as always, fantastic conversation. Cannot wait for the next one, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. Monique Russell is the global communications expert you want on your team. She teaches women leaders and teams how to increase visibility for more opportunity with public speaking and emotional intelligence. Her clients enjoy positive and productive relationships at home and at work using Monique's effective communications tools and strategies. If world class organizations like Amazon, Microsoft, the Centers for Disease Control, Verizon, Intel, Equifax, And the world's busiest airport, Atlanta-Hartsville-Jackson International, can trust Monique to guide them with communication strategies? You can, too. She is the founder of Clear Communication Solutions, LLC, the author of the book, Intentional Motherhood, who said it would be easy, as well as The Ultimate Speaker's Guide. She hosts a podcast called Bridge to You, and invites you to download her free audio of communication affirmations by visiting her website, clearcommunicationsolutions.com.